0: In the third episode of the Southern Thoughts on a Western Biennale podcast series, we look at how, despite all the issues reported in the second episode, being part of the Venice Biennale is still considered a remarkable achievement. The third and last episode takes a critical look at the issue of visibility and its limitations and invites reflection on how the global stage offered by the Venice Biennale can be used to affirm the narratives of countries that are deliberately left in the background and how this must be done starting from the awareness of using this opportunity in one's favour. The series closes with the affirmation of the need to embark on new paths and establish new practices in which exchange prevails over competition and the importance of friendship and collaboration in making this happen. There is no doubt that in terms of visibility, Venice is the brightest stage in the art world. According to Shetal Ashvin Patel, co-editor of Uncurating Global Biennale Survey, Venice matters because it is one of the few places that the art world visits en masse. Patrizia Sandretto, an internationally known Italian art collector, defines Venice as the mirror of the art world artistically and geopolitically. More correctly, it could be defined as the mirror of the geopolitical inequality from which art does not escape. According to Shaheen Mirali, curator of the Uganda Pavilion,
1: And this is what became much more evident for me that by only giving a partial measurement of the world, a partial view of the world, we were also involved in erasing of what was left aside, what wasn't participating, what was absent, and made absent by something else which was present.
0: A similar opinion is shared by Katia Garcia-Anton, co-curator of the Sámi Pavilion, who says
2: Venice is a massively international place. The way I saw the overall the Sámi Pavilion was a way to influence that international world, and not just say we're just here for the Samis, because yes. if we're just here for the Samis, we stay in Sápmi. We yeah. don't have to go all the way yeah. there and use all that carbon footprints and spend all that money. We would do something on Sami land. You know, I think from our perspective, we were there to influence and hopefully you know, to contribute to some kind of transformation moving forward.
0: The Venice Biennale continues to be a remarkable recognition capable of influencing the trajectory of the artist's career as told by the Ghanaian artist, Nachankua Randolph,
3: What I was excited about was showing at the Biennale. I think it's been something that I guess I've dreamed of for a while. It was, I think, maybe my top three artist achievements is to show at the Biennale. So when the opportunity came, of course, I was like, this is something that I definitely have to do. So I think I was excited about the prospect of meeting and having, you know, with the other artists, with curators, with people in the field that would help me, you know, professionally to sort of push my career further. Also excited about the exposure because it's just, I think, the more people that know about your work, the better it is for an artist in, you know, the long term.
0: And may affect the form the artists look at their work as in the case of Afroscope.
4: It has definitely expanded the way I view my work or how I feel like my work can interact with the world because there is definitely a very formal art world with curators and critics and collectors and galleries. And even though they were not like a primary concern initially when I was making work, now it's a consideration. I'm not going to have it completely affect how I produce work or affect the kind of things that I'm exploring and things that I find interesting, the stories I want to tell but there is a consideration of how can this work interact with those kind of people, how can it live in those kinds of spaces in that sense yes I I am thinking more broadly about my work uh, and how it plays with the Like, or interacts with the traditional arts world.
0: From a networking perspective, according to Amy Bell, curator of the South African Pavilion, national pavilions are important for artists from respective countries to start a global conversation about important issues. If there is a possibility of participation, even with a limited budget, countries should pursue the opportunity. Without these presentations, artists and curators would not have access to engage more broadly with other important players in the arts. In a similar way, Shaheen Mirali remarks,
1: I still think that Venice has a very specific role. It is a claim to the centre and therefore in a very specific, empowered, powerful position. It, that is Venice Biennale, Gambles every two years, with very high stakes, and people gamble at with it. There are complicated, overbearing agendas, as well as a great amount of national egos at play at the Venice Biennale. It is a framing, not only of continents, but of countries, of cities, of governments, and is truly very much about how the West has always played such slippery orientations. Any national gathering, whether it's a G7 or um, Davos or even the UN, is a form of orientation between nation states providing evidence, officiating an entitlement and occupying from a guarded fulcrum. The Venice Biennale has that role, but it is a role where it can actually talk about itself playing that role, the history of that role, and how it can help to possibly think through the problematics of that role and what it has done in constructing an art world. According to the Botswana Pavilion,
5: we are reminded to look at Biennales as institutions that actually mirror the political and social transitions of the countries um, in which they're situated, um, they are contextual or help us contextualize in the sense that we can see that, for example, modernity, uh, which pressurizes nations, etc., to develop in general and develop things like substructures such as culture, and then pressurize them to assert them through these sorts of institutions, events, etc., that are kind of proof of cultural worth in inverted commas um yeah we are able to use them as an indicator of where we stand uh communally um in discussions or you know um debates about spectrality uh globalization and contemporary visual culture
0: one of the implications of having an increasing number of countries from Africa attending the Venice Biennale is related to the possibility of being able to create and reproduce narratives that interest the countries. According to Colin Sigajugu
6: There has been a lingering perception that Africa doesn't create art, it reproduces art. It is this mindset that has always challenged me to keep experimenting with local aesthetic approaches and materials while fusing them with Western influences that synthesized my idea of identity swapping in my work. I ultimately got the desire to replace these predominantly white people's images with black ones that, from the world of social inequality and inequity, would be considered irreverent. That's my way of hacking the identity of white stock imagery that you see in most of my paintings at the Venice Biennale.
0: According to Shaheen Mirali, the presence of African artists works as an equalization system into the Venice and
1: Western art system. It has revealed the contradiction, or set of contradictions, of a whole century of Biennales. If we just concentrate on Venice, and in a strange way, the epicenter of the Biennale in Venice is the Giardini, it in a sense represents a world map, or mapping of a world, that is viewed through a kind of vertical of power. The Giardini, in a sense, is, makes us view the world in another way. It is a measurable way, and it is a measure of the world that has existed in the vacuum of the last few centuries, in which we have been left, to a large extent, impoverished. And in the new millennium, we have started to seek a broader perspective away from that impoverishment of vision, And therefore, any other structures which exist, such as the pavilions, the national pavilions, where, as an audience, as a citizen, we're immersed by looking at the world, whether through the language of art or the language of philosophy uh, or the visual representations of the world or even half of the world or even a quarter of the world. Here, we also become half-sighted, half We we judge by what is half known, and as such, the Giardini and by in the same way, the Venice Biennale becomes a morphing of the world, a cloning of the world, but only half part or half or a small measure of the world. As for the Botswana pavilion's
5: observations, the only official status that Botswana has at the Biennale is that it is not there as in it is absent, and that is the status that we aim to interrogate.
0: This half of the world, or even a quarter of the world, representation may connect to the complex understanding of what Africa is. This understanding, in turn, can also be linked to the feeling of belonging that unifies the continent and the diaspora, as well as the limited vision of the continent by the Western world as remarked by the South African artist, Roger Ballen,
7: These are my points. One, there's four or five countries out of 53 countries in Africa participating in this thing. So yeah. from a factual point of view, you're looking at 10% of the countries in Africa who actually participated in the BNL. So if we consider this a success, I don't know, I don't know what a success would be if, if sure. you know half of them participated. So I don't necessarily see it as a big success because most of them didn't participate and and uh, usually because of financial reasons and and lack of interest. The second thing is one has to also be very careful about uh, what do you mean by Africa? Because first of all, a lot of uh, successful African artists don't live in Africa and they're living in Berlin or New York or whatever. So this is another problem. I don't know if it's a problem, but it's another issue that has to be dealt with because a lot of People who are good artists and and creative people uh, can't stay in their own country and survive. They have to live outside of their country as artists to to make a living out of this. And then uh, they participate in in biennales and and other things. But, you know, they start to become more, you know, partly associated with the country they're living in. So we have to be very careful when we start to refer to Africa. Africa is a big, big place.
0: The issue of where the African artists present at the Venice Biennale are based is an old issue in the stage of the Biennale. Clive Kellner, executive director of the Joburg Contemporary Art Foundation, arrived to a question if the diaspora is the new West. Where these African artists are located matters because it cannot be denied that most of them are based in Europe and the USA where they have access to international art education and first world infrastructure to which artists living on the continent do not have access. This contradiction raises the question if it is worth investing amounts of money to be at Venice Biennale for a few months for countries where art schools are underfunded, where museums do not have budgets, and a national gallery system does not exist. This issue remands to the problematic reality clearly described by the director of the first floor gallery Harare, Valerie Kabov. The best outcome a participating artist could hope for is to be picked up by a non-African gallery, which will ensure that the returns of the financial investment into the pavilion accrues to a non-African party. Similar concern is shared by the Botswana Pavilion's member, who
5: says, We can all agree that, yes, being part of the Venice Biennale or being involved can help with this process. However, the more important work is to be done outside of the context of Venice or the BnR or Biennales in general, and rather within our local and regional diasporic, even art ecosystems, um, i feel like if we put too much emphasis on venice being the ultimate art prize then we could be centering the white colonial gaze and essentially playing an active role in recolonizing ourselves as african artists which i feel is pretty straightforward
0: as confirmed by amy bell
2: the role of the biennale is essentially to establish a platform for artists to show their work tell their stories in relation to others from all over the world, as well as an opportunity for curators to interpret and present the work to a global audience. Um, There's also an opportunity for visibility for artists in so-called isolated countries to become visible where they would otherwise not be exposed to such a large and interested audience.
0: The issue of visibility for isolated countries can get to the point that, as Amarildo Asaje declares in his doctoral thesis, national pavilions often could be classified as being more a sort of country branding than an art exhibition. The case of South Africa makes this possible use explicit. South Africa was one of few African countries that attended the Venice Biennale even before 1990. It was under the apartheid regime, and at a certain point, due to the international boycott, the country was not allowed to set up a national pavilion until 1993, when it was invited back by the Biennale curator Bonito Oliva. At that time, only invited countries were allowed to attend. Ivo Powell, writing in the Mail and Guardian, described the exhibition as a salad of South African art under apartheid. Though much of the art was of real quality, the exhibition as a whole lacked perspective and curatorial intent. But perhaps South Africa's main concern was not the curatorial intent, but rather the initiation of a new national reconciliation project and reconnect the country to the world. And the Venice Biennale, with its hyper-international visibility, could offer an opportunity to help the goal's achievement. While prices for modern and contemporary art from the African continent have skyrocketed, and national representation continues to be a complex mix of slippery interests African pavilions have been recognized for their artistic values over the past years. In 1990, the pavilions of Nigeria and Zimbabwe were granted special mention. Golden Lions for Lifetime Achievement were awarded to Malik Sidibe in 2007 and to El Anatsui in 2015. Egypt's 1995 exhibition, won the Biennale's Golden Lion Award for Best National Pavilion, and Angola Pavilion also won the same with its debut participation in 2013. Ghana had a remarkable inaugural pavilion in 2019. African artists have been increasingly visible in Venice in recent years. Commenting on his experience in Venice, Colin Sigajugu one of the artists representing Uganda, says,
6: For the first time during my 15 years of world travel, I had never seen African art and African diaspora art being given so much attention during one major international event.
0: The 59th Venice Biennale confirmed this path of success for Africa. Uganda's debut pavilion featured Akaya Kerunen and Colin Sigajugo was awarded a special mention for the Golden Lion. Both artists attracted the attention of art critics and commentators for their specific use and choice of materials and for the certainty in affirming their aesthetics, avoiding entering into the definition that Western critics often narrowly reduce to an issue between craft and art. The Zimbabwean and the Kenyan external pavilions also had a remarkable reception. The first confirming its impressive presence in the history of the Biennale, and the second by finally freeing itself from a series of previous unfortunate events as described in the previous episode. Although the three pavilions were located outside the two main official headquarters, a reality that characterises almost all African countries in Venice, they still received impressive media coverage.
8: According to the curatorial text of Mirali, Being outside of the high walls and the gated entrances of the Giardini and the Arsenale allows curators to define exhibition making differently. Often, everything melts into its extra-mundane vicinity and offers a point of double attraction, one that comes to define being in Venice to showcase the world as an important part of its cultural history. The prosaic presentation within the city further contends with the reality and rhythms of neighbourhoods, allowing for a completely different inflection to those who exhibit in the structural coherence and stability of its main two venues, the Giardini and the Arsenale.
0: The pavilions show two important aspects behind their success – One is related to the possibility for making art differently when the government takes up its role in supporting the culture of its country. The other refers directly to the importance of a close-knit team working together in an environment that is anything but friendly. According to the curator of the Zimbabwean Pavilion, Fadzai Muchemwa.
9: So the continued support of the government is actually very commendable because they didn't just make that commitment. They followed through to make sure that the pavilion art and culture get the support that equals what other disciplines like music, like sports also get. And because public funds are in issue, we are just coming out of COVID. Okay. Not, we are not out of it really, but, um, We've been worrying about making sure that the nation stays safe, uh, people are healthy, people do not die from hunger because it has been unproductive two years. So this commitment is quite commendable, really. And, And that endorsement is quite welcome.
0: It shows the importance of friendship, recognition and trust. This is gently portrayed by Colin Sigajugo when he describes the Uganda Pavilion as an art fraternity.
6: When I was selected to co-represent Uganda with Akaya Kerunen at the Venice Biennale, I created artwork that I wanted to challenge the notion that Uganda is not known for producing contemporary art that speaks to the global audience. This ambition was achieved by the enormous positive feedback that I have been getting from the public since the opening of our National Pavilion. And I think that now we, as an art fraternity, have joined the global discussion. That's the most rewarding experience of Venice.
0: Mirali not only remarks the important aspect of fun and sense of humor of working with the artists, but also states that both artists had the ability, energy, and the strength to produce in a very short, intense
8: time. Not only this material for the exhibition, but to provide a sense of relationship between Uganda and the outside world. As important was the labor to also liaise with the ministry, these two artists rose to the occasion. Not only they agreed to accomplish the artworks, but they assisted to build that bridge between the two administrations of their commissioner and the Biennale. That is what was necessary to formulate and strengthen a new network and allow people to build their ideas on how much shall unfold in an international context. Both artists have learned a great deal from each other. They value and trust each other. They remain an example of how to build trust and bridges. Curiously,
0: one of the most complicated African pavilions, Ghana, found in friendship the response to its troubles. The Ghana pavilion also expressed a courageous attitude by bringing the diaspora home. While the 59th edition of the Venice Biennale rhetorically declared that it wanted to question contemporary notions of borders and citizenship, the idea of colonial nation-state borders was denied by the indigenous Sami Pavilion and superseded by Ghana, which invited a diaspora artist. The Brazilian Diego Arujá. To join the pavilion, according to the Ghanaian artist Ephroscope.
4: for me as an artist as well, having Diego and his team on the ground was um, remarkable. I spent a lot of time with them. Um, I learned a lot. Yeah, I learned a lot from them, um, like a lot, even about um, about my own work, um, certain aspects of my work that. Um, have also traveled, um, or my influences, I should say, that were also um, present in Brazil, and how, um, you know, it's also manifested there. Um, Yeah, I spent quite a bit of time, you know, we've talked about collaborating, we spoke about um, even possibly me coming there for us to do something, you know. So, that is one of the the things that you can't um you can't get if um if he wasn't a part of the of the of our of our little team um yeah just the time they're getting to you know listen to their music just have casual conversation um learn about uh salvador bahia You know, I learned so much just with the few days that we spent together.
0: Nachangua Randolph says,
4: When we
3: met Diego for the first time, there was a bit of a language barrier in the sense that he didn't speak so much English. And of course, we don't speak Portuguese. But then Laís, who is his partner, and also she was great. She speaks English. So then we were able to sort of communicate. And we had, before the um, exhibition went up, we all sort of met up When we all got to Venice, got introduced to each other and met up in person and just sort of like hung out together to learn more about each other and more about our practices. And it was really like a great experience.
0: Even if the idea that biennales are primarily platforms of political rather than aesthetic interventions is a relatively recent phenomenon, as declared by Compaziaris. It is nearly impossible to separate African art from some sort of political statement. The presence of African and diasporic artists at the Venice Biennale could be interpreted as a sort of post-colonial condition and practices articulated and played in the art field by those countries and artists. In order to make these practices meaningful, we need to think in a different format as expressed by many artists and curators. The claim is made clear by Akaya Kurinen, who states,
10: It's a very expensive venture to get into, even for a country who has other priorities, like maternal health mitigation, maternal health and maternal mortality, and HIV and AIDS and everything, for such a country to wake up, and of course, notwithstanding that that money can be made available, um, um, and that it will, in the meantime, in the long run, or even in the short term, add to other um, um, gross domestic product annals, like through tourism and art buying and everything. It's it's still very expensive to consider um, a national pavilion. For most countries, when you look at it in relation to all the other things that a country has to achieve in any fiscal year, and the money that they have, and the needs that have to be met, so yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one, but it in no way means that um, uh, the Biennale should change their format. It has worked for them, and um, um, and I guess that is the reason why other Biennales are popping up all over the place, like Dakar. Dakar is also mentioned by the Botswana Pavilion,
5: referring to Biennales. Good place to break down the very hegemonies that we are able to, you know, identify and problematize. Um, we're asked to consider, you know, a smaller Biennales such as Dakar um, that are more accessible to people on the African continent and in the diaspora, um, depending. Um, events like that, uh, institutions like that, sorry, that feed back more readily into uh, the arts communities from which they are from or which they um, purport to serve and are more practical financially. Solange
0: Pessoa, Brazilian artist, part of the main show at the Arsenale, agrees with the need for a new format. I find it very complicated that these events do not have a human scale. They could reduce it, even the Sao Paulo Biennale. There's a lot you can't see, and you should go back. But I think this model is already worn out. These models of these exhausting Biennales. The Venice Biennale is such an institutionalized thing, so old, and there are so many small Biennales around the world, always trying this European model. The same is expressed by the curator Fazai Muchemwa, who states...
9: An artist is an artist. It doesn't matter where they come from.
0: And curator Katia Garcia Anton, who says...
2: This would be important for the Biennial to think about in the future because they can't continue with this kind of like, um, you know, the model of the World Fair and the nation-state structure that the Biennial has. They're going to have to rethink that sooner or later because more and more people will be challenging it. You know, the, the growth of the... I would say the power of the global indigenous world will be challenging it more and more and more.
0: As confirmed by the announcement that the Brazilian pavilion for the next 2024 Venice Biennale will be an indigenous pavilion showing and being curated by indigenous artists and curators and being renamed the Ha Pavilion, referring to the indigenous patasho term for Brazil. The format must not only refer to the antiquated format of national representations, but also to the breaking of a pattern that sees artists presented in Venice as a result of the opportunities guaranteed by powerful galleries. An appreciable novelty is that the Biennale have overturned the rule and it is no longer impossible to run into situations like that of the Ghanaian artist Afroscope, who declares,
4: A lot of people found it very remarkable that I was there without um, that kind of representation. And for me, I understood their surprise, but it also speaks to how, in a way, the world is evolving or changing. Because I would say the attention that my work has gotten over the years is just simply because I share it on the internet. And I believe that's how it came across the curator.
0: It is also important to shrewdly pay attention on how and when Venice can be used. As Katia Garcia-Anton clearly stated,
2: These are resources that help the artists to not just amplify their stories, but also to expand the way in which they work. This is one of the things Venice can do, because Mm -hmm. you have an opportunity to put those resources on the table. You know, it's a responsibility from a commissioner's perspective. It's a a responsibility. How do you get the most out of that budget in all? But I think from the artist's perspective, they were really happy, really, really happy. Uh, They all achieved what they wanted with their work. And... Having resources for a semi-artist is not always easy. So, you know, for them to be in a situation where they were told, you now have this budget, you know, was, was quite an opportunity to do something big. And they did.
0: In the same direction goes the answer of Colin Sikajugo.
6: It's without doubt that the Venice Biennale opened new doors for Ugandan art on the global stage. The most immediate impact it's making is the inspiration and motivation that it has to younger Ugandan artists who would never have thought that Uganda would be represented at the world's oldest, biggest, and most prestigious art exhibition. And that is the Venice Biennale. This has given more hope that a lot of Ugandan talent is going to be discovered from now on, thereby harnessing the growth of our national cultural production.
0: Robel Temesgin, an Ethiopian artist, who was part of the African Art in Venice Forum, commenting on his experience in Venice, says.
11: People yeah. could survive without without doing such uh, things as well, and that should be fine. But uh, at the end of that time, I just decided this time I have to experience it, and I went, uh, which was quite an experience. I mean, you know, for, for the Biennale, I have been reading a lot about it. You hear a lot about it, and um, yeah, we study it in a way. Because it's definitely part of, you know, the arts history, the the culture's history. Um, so you get to know about it, but to experience it is definitely a, a complete different um, circumstance. And I have to say, as an Ethiopian, of which Italy have got a different history than more than the, you know, uh, more yeah. than other countries in the continent. It was also definitely a, a different experience around there. And there's always something that I, it keeps me thinking. Um, about, you know, nation's representation there and Mm -hmm. including my own nation on how, you know, it has to kind of be uh, organized. What better way would there be? How could, you know, a Biennale be rethink about? Um, Yeah, just the the in and outs of it, uh, but then also to kind of really um, engage and enjoy the community that it brings together um, that, you know, you can't deny how many people you haven't seen for ages would be there and how many people you'd just randomly run by.
0: Following all these observations, we can ask ourselves, starting from how Enezo had imagined the second Johannesburg Biennale in 1997, how would it be possible to intervene in these spaces to turn them into an opportunity to convene new contact zones where serious dialogue disagreement and exchange can take place, as recalled by Okwi Enezo. How is it possible to build mega art events in a different way, keeping a balance between the commercial side, which they obviously imply, and also preserving human relationships? Mirali suggests that...
1: So, of course, the Venice Biennale is an important center, It can act as a forum, like the G8, but it doesn't have to be acting only by being incredibly selective, by overdoing everything, and making it nearly impossible by the overdoing it does. It can, to a certain extent, present and influence a world which is coming into a new understanding, a better understanding, Overcoming is distance, overcoming is geography, and overcoming is prejudice. And as such, any single biennale has a role to play in that overcoming relationship.
0: According to Aphroscope,
4: I believe in representation and us being part of the global conversation about every topic, whether it's art, politics, or anything in between. Um, So from that perspective, I wholeheartedly commend all the participants and the BNL team for allowing us to have our voices heard. The step further is to, you know, just try to be intentional about um, having us sort of be supported all the way through being cognizant of some of our challenges uh, as nations, and finding ways to support that. Um, if you know you want to really own this thing of being the BNL, that's for us. You know, yeah, that's the only thing that I'll add uh, in that regard. Just trying to prioritize our stories being heard. You know, I, apparently some of the pavilions for the African countries were hard to access, or were in places that. You know, we needed to go round and round um, with the GPS to to get to see um, how do we make sure that doesn't happen the next time. If, you know, we want to have um, these countries showing and you want to support them and that sort of thing. That's all that I'll uh, I'll add to that.
0: More radically, the Botswana Pavilion believes.
5: I do believe that well-planned guerrilla tactics could prove useful as new formats. Perhaps this means that we should be looking towards formats that reward self-organizing, and are intent on developing established community models. These are models that communities have built already to suit their particular creative needs, putting the arts communities in control of their professional and working spaces and environments, etc. And I think this would go to include choices around visibility, networking, or who to be in community with, and taking it as far as participation, even events such as the Biennale, have we even questioned showing up at all?
0: At a relational level, it can be understood as a contact zone in the midst of the chaos of Venice and acts as a facilitator for African artists to connect with, but also with art professionals from all over the world, providing a space for international meetings organized in a more careful form as mentioned by Garcia Anton, who underlines how the small size of the city can be transformed into a potential to be explored.
2: You can really meet people. You bump into them all the time. So you can really build connections. And I, I, I also agree that um, you know, the, the aspect of care you know, would, would need to be rethought. Um, and also more spaces for, for meeting, for just meeting and, and, and talking.
0: Most of the interviewers have denounced Venice's lack of spaces for encounters beyond fancy fashion parties. Afroscope says,
4: I had very few brief conversations with artists from other countries and it was great. So I can only imagine how much more it would have been if we had just a bit more time to have prioritized Just cross-pollination of ideas.
0: Diego Arujo adds,
8: Besides the Golden Lion Award, there is no meeting situation. Thinking of these places as meeting places. There are many parties, but with so many people, it is difficult to get everyone together. Everything formed is wrong.
0: Similarly, Fadzai Muchemwa says,
9: I knew some people from the the Kenyan pavilion, for example, I knew the one of the artists, and then he introduced me to the other one, and the curator himself, uh, Jimmy Ogonga. so I already knew him prior to getting to Venice, so it was easy to hang out uh, to to communicate to just exchange uh, professional practice and other things and the South african pavilion i I knew the one of the artists because we spent time at the back factory, the Spumlan in Tuli. And Amy, uh, the curator, because I, I knew of her through David Crude Project, that felt like, you know, oh, this is like home because I, I've met these people that I've met elsewhere that I know from elsewhere and were meeting in Venice. And Simone Jami has been to Zimbabwe. But with the other pavilions, I, I didn't know any personally. I'd never met them. And then it was, I don't know, it was not, um, maybe it was one of the things that we should have thought through about organising a meeting for the, uh, or even a a party even, uh, for the African pavilions.
0: Even the African Art in Venice Forum also appears to be a functional space for continental and diaspora networking. But perhaps a de-westernization of the format could foster new collaborative practices. With regards to the logistics, Fadzai Muchemwa affirms,
9: I think for some people it works, um, but then when it becomes uh, like structured in that way, uh, so you're listening to a panel, for example, and we are listening to, to a, a lecture or a talk, it takes away that personal interaction I feel being in a space where the talks are not directed or curated developed.
0: Both the artist Nachangua Reindorf from Ghana and the curator Fadzai Muchemwa share the idea that it may be useful to have an advisor team and space in Venice that can assist the whole African pavilion on the relational and on the logistics level.
9: It, it was quite uh, disconcerting to uh, get used to Italian time, for example. Um, so, for example, in Zimbabwe, when shops are open at eight o'clock, they are open the whole day. Mm-hmm. Um, there is not yester uh, where I want to go to the hardware, but the hardware is not closed because it's now Siesta time. Um, so, if it's your first time, like it was for me. Then it 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 can become quite uh, stressful because you plan things on your own time back home, and then you find that that time doesn't work.
0: A benefit confirmed by Nachangua Randolph.
3: I do think that it would be beneficial to have some sort of like committee or something that is like a collaboration between the Biennale and. Countries that don't have a constant presence at the Biennale every couple of years, because obviously the countries that have pavilions that have permanent pavilions have had many years to figure this out. They know the ins and outs. They know what they need to do and all that stuff. They have, that stuff is figured, I guess, two years in advance. And everybody else who has to sort of who has like a more temporary space has I think of a bigger a bigger hurdle to get over. I think it's the onus is on both the curatorial team and whoever they sort of hire to organize like the logistics and the biennale because I think what I had heard and had noticed is that there was communication, there was information, but maybe the information was not reaching the right people at the right time, or that some things were lost in translation, or some things were misunderstood. And um so it just ended up affecting, I think, the efficiency in the grand scheme of things. But it's something that I I I've thought about and I think it would be a good idea to do some to have some sort of like way that uh there's maybe more a a team of advisors or something that is there for sort of these these extra paths or like things that you know you just wouldn't know about because if this is your first time doing something there's obviously ways that you're not going to anticipate certain things not going well or whatever so like figuring out if people who know how this works and have known for a while know like are there as advisors and makes like the process a bit smoother. Um, and I think that is particularly important for like the uh, newer countries or like the pavilions that are sort of coming in. I mean, not to say that all kind all of the pavilions, all the temporary pavilions have issues or whatever, but it just maybe seemed to be like a common issue with like the African pavilions and, Of course, there's, like, a general sentiment that, you know, why do we seem to be the ones who are struggling? (laughs) Like, what are we missing? Like, what, obviously, there's, like, something that we don't know about or whatever, or the answer is obviously multifaceted. There's, like, things to do with funding. There's, like, the whole concept of, like, the arts within the countries and supporting those arts the arts and stuff like that and so there's all these other you know elements that come into it but then um, it just felt like even though we seem to have planned everything to a t, things still just was you know we just there was a lot of stumbling blocks and I think maybe there it would be great to sort of have some sort of like advising team that sort of works maybe like one that sort of helps represent mm-hmm. like the whole African continent and stuff and understanding the way things work and then finding, you know, solutions to help, you know, make the process easier or something.
0: As one anonymous pavilions assistant suggested, if the Biennale doesn't have the money to pay someone to act as an intermediary between them and the various pavilions, ways must be found to have people to act as an intermediary and help and resolving practical issues. Students of the Venice Art Academy know how to navigate the city and how and where to find production solutions. They could act as an intermediary. This experience could be for them a precious opportunity for networking and sharing different knowledge and practices. Agreements could be done between the art schools, and the universities in Venice and the cultural representation of the African countries that are participating. A local referent could help the artists and the production to navigate a space so peculiar as Venice, according to one pavilion's assistant interviewed. The Biennale organisers need to understand that it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone knows the rules, which, moreover, are very particular, There is not much to the idea that there is a world outside of Venice. It's how it works here. They create a thousand filters in between. I don't know what the agreement is between the pavilions and the Biennale, but there are always many problems with the passage of information, as there are so many passages. Sometimes things don't work or come through. It is one thing for a country that has had its pavilion for 20 years and has a certain conception that works there. But for the others, things are different. In short, everything is a discharge of responsibility, and it is those who are on the ground who have to solve all these problems. This difference between those who have previously attended the Biennale and those who have not, is also remarked by the Brazilian artist Solange Pessoa, who says, We need to pay more attention to artist assistance work. Artists are not prepared for this. Ghanaian artist Nachangua Reindorf expresses very simple regrets that could easily have been avoided with minimal assistance.
3: You know, card, like a business card to give to people for contact, and that's something <laughs> that, you know, in hindsight I regretted doing because not it just did not cross my mind at all because I was just so you know focused on the art there wasn't much information on how to what we were to do like we we were just <laughs> i don't i don't know if there's like a specific way that we this is supposed to go you know because all of the artists who were sharing at the Ghana pavilion were are emerging or like not necessarily like like well known in the larger frame of things so um there is that element of you know we're kind of young and maybe not as experienced as some other artists in this in terms of like this sort of interaction with the media and all that stuff and so we were quite we're novices in a way so we didn't really know what to expect so there's a lot of like figuring things out while we were there and I think maybe the disappointment came from not really maybe in the communication or information about you know what do we do what how what I guess maybe this is the something that we should be doing individually like what why am I going to Venice and what do I want to get from there and then how do I work towards getting what it is that I want from there um, so it was sort of like quickly learning, oh, this is what I have to do um, because I have to do this myself, um, which is absolutely fine. It was just like, you know, it's great to know this in advance <laughs> um, and then sort of like changing tactics and and sort of being more um, aggressive with making sure that we met the people that we wanted to meet or going after people and being introduced to asking to be introduced to people and stuff like that.
0: This advisor team can also relieve the work of the curator who is already very busy. Experienced Biennale curator Louis Beggs gives important advice. Unlike in a museum where the artists and curators are quite high up in the power hierarchy, in the real world of Biennales, they are somewhere near the bottom. In these circumstances, he says, it is important for the curator to be honest with the artists they invite to take part. According to Michael Elmgreen, who co-organized the Danish and Nordic Pavilion at the 2009 Venice Biennale and curated the 2017 Istanbul Biennale, the Venice Biennale, for most of the artists invited, is a do-it-on-your-own kind of process. While biennale budgets are often opaque, even when they receive substantial public funding, a utopist and radical change could be the request for public disclosure of funds, both from the organizer and, in the case of Venice, from the pavilions. With regard to public funds, that request should be mandatory. The Botswana pavilions, for its part, instead imagines a horizontal collaboration with the Biennale Committee.
5: The Botswana Pavilion does not necessarily aspire to Venice or does not single-mindedly, rather. Um, But we see the event and the politics around it as a stepping stone with the right amount of prominence, perhaps, um, to encourage dialogue and discussion around these sorts of points. The Botswana Pavilion was to... Um, be invited with the support of the Vezana government um, to participate sometime in the future. However, um, this is flat, and perhaps being asked to consult uh, with other collectors for the BNL committee or being empowered by the Venice BNL to run an experimental static BNR alongside would be more gratifying. These are just ideas.
0: Another aspect. That deserves attention is the cooperation between the African governments and their local representatives in Italy. The success of some of the African pavilions is linked to the pivotal role played by their embassies in Italy, but with special attention so that there's no detour of national representation directed by private individuals. In conclusion of this podcast series, Following the observations that have guided us, we can state that the National Pavilion attendance is related to and influenced by other dimensions of the world, more than the one strictly related to the art field. While enjoying the enthusiasm, we cannot also move the attention away from the standpoint of a complex geopolitical configuration that defines all systems of production, as suggested by Enezo, as Le Fang Zhang rightly reminds us, after all, Venice is just the venue, not the happening.